everybody welcome to the improv network podcast this is a series of conversations aimed at making stronger connections throughout the improv community i am james quesada i'm bob wick and we are your education team for the improv network you can go to the improvnetwork.org and uh, check out all the resources we got to offer um of course there's profiles for yourself and your team and uh your theater and your festivals and and whatnot. There's also blogs and uh, the improv FAQ tab, which will give you a bunch of this video content, this and uh, lecture series as well. Um, okay. Well, uh, any updates, Bob, how are you, how are you doing? I missed last week. Uh, yeah. Was... Welcome back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, we had a re- really, ha- had a really amazing conversation as always with Shannon. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. She taught me a lot as always. Uh, it... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I uh, started a couple new jobs um, in audio, uh, a podcasting studio job. So that's been uh, pretty cool. Um, yeah. And uh, just trying to just, you know, do like everybody else, just trying to juggle a lot of shit to get through yeah. <laughs> this as, as we maybe see the light at the end of the tunnel of uh the pandemic i'm trying to get my footing again <laughs> i just got my notification uh i am eligible to go get my shot so after this i'm gonna see how i can uh, get that accomplished uh i was supposed I... to have this week off i got called back into work mm. so I, I i i'm you know getting my shot i think is more important than than building a car so it's gonna yeah. happen yeah awesome. um yeah i I also, I got my first shot uh, last oh, sh- last week. <clears throat> I was able to get one in the middle of the night. <laughs> Are you sure you got the right shot? That's <laughs> sketchy. In no, a dark yeah. alley. It was, uh, you know, it was 3 a.m. in the middle of the Bronx, a uh, very secluded yeah. area in an alley. It was great. <laughs> Van pulls up some guys like, here, kid. Uh, it, it really was uh, at 3 a.m. in the middle of the Bronx, though, uh, at a... Um, some you know postal center that that was a 24-hour vac- vaccination place now uh oh. but but yeah so it's apparently a good time to go if you can handle the lateness of it because i i went yeah. in and there's like four or five other people there and uh i was in and out in no time um and uh yeah i go back uh the 20th is when i get my next one so okay good. yeah i think i'm going down to ford field to get mine oh cool that's, that's, yeah that's gonna be cool um, and, and for those of you listening, there are a lot of programs I've been hearing about. I, I've signed up for that as well. Like, um, a lot of these places, you know, it, for some reason people are missing their appointments and stuff. So they have extra doses. So at the end of the night, they don't want to waste it. So you can, if you have time and you can show up there, you know, you, there, there's a slight possibility you can get, you know, get you some. Yeah, it's good. Uh, getting on waiting lists is, is pretty important and uh, you know, yeah. easy enough. So, but um, <clears throat> okay, on to the topic at hand. Uh, Bob and I are going to be talking as a uh, sort of follow up 
extension to our conversation about three person scenes that we did a mm -hmm. few weeks ago. Right. Um, we're gonna be talking about group scenes and, uh, we, in, in the conversation of three-person scenes, we talked about the uh, dynamics of um, two-verse-one and um, all-for-one and one-for-all, right. where you either have everybody on with the same perspective uh, in the scene, in a three-person scene, or each of the three players has a distinct, different perspective, um, which could be a little tough to handle. Um <clears throat> But doable and, and a uh, fun way that scenes can go too. Uh, and I suppose to kind of get the conversation started, I'll say that um, a lot of that stuff applies to uh, group scenes more than three people. It just kind of keeps yeah. going is that you can have a half and half uh, or, or uh, you know, you got five people in a scene and it could be like four on one. Um, and it could be all five people in the same yeah. boat or it could be five individual perspectives and, and whatnot and the same challenges or sort of a description of what happens is pretty similar to what we talked about in three person scenes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the whole either everybody's on the same page or there's two sides, the same coin and everybody picks a side, uh, but, it, but some people flip flop or the, there's the everybody has their own perspective of the situation. Um, so you can be a, you can have the same goal but different approaches. So your tension's there. Um, or it can be more situational as far as location, and and you can just do more of a character study. And oh, this is the this is the character I am, and this affected me uh, some type of way. So I like uh, your uh, a wedding scene. Uh, obviously, you know, most commonly, uh, the best day, it should be the best day for the, the folks getting married, uh, <laughs> might not be the best day for the, the father of one of the people getting married, uh, mm -hmm. you know, depending on their feelings about the person that their, their son or daughter getting married to, you know, or whatever. Um, so you, we can go through that their their emotions and how it's tied up to this event or location and play off of that. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think for the most part, like uh, it, again, it's like pretty tricky, the more perspectives you add into it. So I, I guess one good piece of advice um, if for anyone that is like intimidated by group scenes um, or feels like they get lost in them. Um, it, it's, a, it's a good idea to keep it simple mm -hmm. and latch on to s somebody else's perspective if there's already been perspectives established. Um, I, and I honestly, I, I just think that it's like a really um, underutilized thing to have a group scene where everybody just is on the same page. Like we all yeah. are, are bitching about work or we're all, we're all, we're all having the best day of our lives at a, at a wedding right. or, or whatever. Like, um, you know, which I it, mean, it, could be exciting if you, you know, seeing people enthused about something that people usually aren't enthused about is fantastic to me. Uh, some of my favorite documentaries are the ones where people get really good at a thing that, isn't useful except for winning a world record. Like I watched one the other day about uh, rock skipping and how competitive these guys got, but also how sweet they were to each other. Like, man, I, I skipped rock 
47 times. No one's ever beat that until Jim did, but he's a good guy. So I'm just going to have to give him next year. You know, and I love <laughs> yeah. that. Like, yeah, man, get him next year. You do. Yeah, I hope you do. And then I hope he gets you the year after. And I hope this continues forever. You know, <laughs> but he's a good guy. So I guess I got to get him next year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that. that's not even the, I added the accent. Added, that's not how they talked. It's been a while. I apologize. <laughs> No, that's that's great. Um, yeah, I think that, that could be interesting. I think another uh, yeah. uncommon and helpful thing um, is is that uh, it can be kind of like the, the politeness. Uh, yep. uh, uh, what do you call it? Politeness. Um, Polite play. That's usually why I refer to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, oh, it, there's it's, whatever. It's it's a uh, being socialized, being civilized. Just. Improvisers tend to get really polite with each other uh, when mm -hmm. sometimes it would be helpful to not be as polite. Uh, and yeah. whatever, there's a single word that I'm missing in my brain right now uh, to describe this. But anyway, the um, syndrome, maybe politeness syndrome. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sometimes we want to give everybody uh, yeah. a, a, an even role in a group scene. Right. You don't have to have an even role, and it's probably wise not to. There should probably be um, only a couple people in focus, <clears throat> and uh, some people don't even have to speak. Some and sometimes people uh, would prefer not to as players, just a stylistically right. thing. I know our, our good friend Gary Lehman um, lots of times likes to be somebody who ju is just establishing a backdrop and sort of uh, yeah. being an extra in a scene to uh, build the world, the reality of the world out. But if, if, if he walks on stage in a three person scene, he's not intending to add to the focuses and perspectives. Um, he's just intending to add to the, to the backdrop yeah. of the world. Or heighten whatever's going on maybe to, Oh, this, this might be what you're looking for. <laughs> politeness paradox oh you yeah yeah oh we hit it at the same time <laughs> yeah. moody thank you yeah I hey like moody that. um yeah maybe it's the politeness paradox <laughs> that i'm going for right go ahead uh so were we oh yeah Eric, gary adding to the the overall mm -hmm. environment when teaching these types of scenes i like to use the 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 christopher guest movies as an example because there we have um, a group of interesting characters and they all meet at a location. You know, you have Mighty Win. These are a, do a bunch of groups. They're like scenes within scenes, but we're all meeting at the same location. Um, or, you know, Best in Show. We're all going to the dog show. And this is, a, you know, but we get little snippets of these characters and how they interact with each other. Um, and then how these, you know, groups of characters interact with in a bigger sense. And and you get to see the full picture, um, yeah. And and there's and there's and and the general advice I give: pick a point of view and just stick with it, and see how that can grow, and and how that helps the story. And honestly, try to try to gauge how much your audience wants to see it. Don't turn it off, but. Don't you know if someone's story is really interesting and unique, you might not want to jump in there as much as that person, or vice versa. You know. Yeah, I, I I like to think that that for all intents and purposes, you can treat the beginning of a three or group scene uh, the same as a two person scene, and mm -hmm. it's probably a good starting place to do that. It's just be like I, you don't have to um, take the burden of deciding what's going on with everyone. 
um, or how you're going to include everyone or what your feelings are about everyone right away, probably just put your attention on one other person. And then as the uh, scene develops naturally and people, you know, sort of introduce themselves or, or establish whatever they, they choose to, um, mm -hmm. you can then kind of like figure that out as you, as you go, AKA improvise. Uh, well, <laughs> now but, let me ask you this. Would yeah. you, do you consider split screen scenes as group scenes? Cause I, I do, but I don't know if that's, you know, yeah, I, I think so. I think I think again, like uh, so. So let's let's uh, define split screen is like you've kind of got two separate scenes going on on the same stage, but there's like an invisible split screen or, or uh, barrier between them. They're they're in different locations. Yeah, bouncing back and forth between those the focus of those two scenes, right? Right. the <laughs> the act The actors themselves uh, in the real world are standing. Uh, on stage by each other, but uh, our our suspension of disbelief is supposed to treat it as if these are two different scenes happening in the same world, approximately the same time, but st same storyline, uh, but different locations. And as if like, you know, like the old school movies where they show two things happening at the same time, mm -hmm. and there's, they call them split screen. Uh, yeah. So what I, you said, I, I think, which I, I love those. And yeah. um yeah, definitely, definitely would consider those group scenes. Yeah. And there's a lot of like give and take uh, between that. Um, you know, it's and, and and it's sometimes a little bit more difficult because you got to make uh, sort of stylistic choices on the fly or, or have talked about it before with your team. Like, right. do you kind of like freeze and go on mute when you bounce when you when you steal focus back and forth or do you mouth words uh just silently or you know so that that can sometimes be tricky with split scenes but um right yeah do you really have a cool. preference like when you're coaching or when you're in a split screen do you do you do the word mouthing thing or do you do you freeze i i would rather do the word mouthing thing honestly me too <laughs> okay me too uh, to me personally, and it's just a preference. I think it looks less jolting when you do start to talk. And if if the however many people who are sharing that that the entire scene uh, are on the same page and are good at give and take, uh, it can look really smooth. You know, you always yeah. have the options of going back to you, like your object work or whatever. Um, and, and and when you are mouthing words, probably don't over do anything unless you're making an interesting choice or you like you you're doing this on purpose uh to distract or or, or heighten um yeah it's yeah it's tricky and i think that that, that uh i wouldn't do it that way necessarily if i'm playing with like a, a new group or as a guest in somebody else's group yeah I, I would probably sooner uh sort of dial down like your the mouthing of words and the physical movement uh, and even like the, the, the amount of time that's like passing, you just kind of like dial it down to a three, uh, yeah. <laughs> before, while you're not in focus. Uh, and then you can kind of pick it up where you left off or whatever. Right. Uh, but I, I think that, that, yeah, if, if you are, if I'm like coaching a team that's together and playing with a team that, that like is like wanting to make this part of the form or whatever, I would rather be like, <laughs> let's kind of toy with how much we can, uh, bounce back and forth yeah focus but also kind of like playfully challenge where the focus is like um yeah and i've seen uh split screens scenes Ooh, that's hard to say three times fast uh <laughs> i've seen them were maybe okay 
this is not a scene, but this is uh, my example would be uh, there is two characters inside a kitchen. There's two characters who uh, who are outside of the bakery. Um, the the two outside the bakery are having a calm conversation, and then all of a sudden, while this conversation is happening, maybe something gets lit on fire. So you have like almost a silent scene going on and that's wild and crazy, but you have this really calm. And so you have that, that adjust the position type deal where it's one is heightening the other by being the, the complete opposite. You know, the, the words don't match, match the actions of what else is going on stage. So I, I, that's another possible, but that's, I, I went to that for every time I did a, a split screen. I wouldn't make that my thing, but I think that is cool and it doesn't get pulled off. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, split screens is definitely that's a good uh, thing to include in the conversation of of group scenes. Um, okay. Yeah, because I, I didn't even think of that when when we when we landed on this topic. But that's a really great like uh, thing to point out is the challenge of the of the give and take. Right. Um, which, but again, I, I gotta say that like it, it basically is like a two-person scene. Just focus on your like the especially initially what's going on in your half of the stage. And you don't have to figure out like keep your ears open while the other scene's going on. But like you know, it's not your job to like sort of steer anything. Uh, no. The more you can focus on your scene and just pay attention to you know uh, punctuation that might allow focus to shift uh that's that's really for all intents and purposes it's just its own scene and focus is shifting back and forth keep it simple yeah yeah absolutely Uh, so uh, i I, and and then also thinking about group scenes um it reminds me we had a conversation with um christine pinheiro a friend of mine out here that uh, about relationships, and I think we mm-hmm. talked about. Um, I think we talked about group scenes, and she brought up that uh, one thing she loves to do with group scenes is just make sure that she has a different relationship, a different game with um, each person in a group scene, so that like when Grandma enters the room, that she's more endeared to Grandma, but right. then when uh, Ted enters the scene, she's pissy with Ted or whatever, like. Um, and I think that that's a really great approach to it too, rather than thinking about like, um, the perspective thing. I think it's almost like a different angle, uh, yeah. on, on like the, how two verse one or all for one, one for all kind of stuff applies to a group scene. You can also just make it about relationships leading with, with that dynamic first. And I think giving yourself the gift of like, just having a clear, distinct emotion tagged with uh, everybody in the scene is a really great route to go to, especially if it's a, especially if what you're doing is like a longer um, group scene, uh, <clears throat> you know, whether it's a mono scene or, or you just tend to do fewer scenes in a longer show. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, because every time you can filter your want through, through your relationships and and having a, a stronger relationship than your want is always an interesting like that internal conflict is is fascinating to me mm-hmm. um and, and then having to to do that whole show the range the more 
the more conflict or the more emotions or more relations or, you know, you have to include in that. That's always fun. It's and interesting. And like, like using your example, yeah, you're, you're talking nice to grandma, then Ted walks in and you have to, and you, if you change your demeanor, you have to change your physical presence and everything, uh, your tone, uh, <laughs> for that person. And then split it at some point, to go back and forth, that's great. Or, yeah. or does one heighten and one tone down, and you kind of find a, a middle ground? Uh, that's interesting, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think that that's a a really fun way to do it. Again, I th- I guess I would just say that like, um, <clears throat> it is as long as that isn't making you kind of like panic to to make a bunch of choices um, and putting you in your head, you know. Right. Uh, that's a really great. Uh, way to kind of yeah give yourself automatic dynamics and um make keep things like interesting but still grounded um it, when you're when it's about what you're feeling is and how you're directing it toward people <clears throat> but again Absolutely. if it puts you in your head and you're just like i gotta make all these choices and it feels like i'm just freaking writing the scene or or, or whatever then yeah then then yeah just focus on one person at a time and just like just like all for one we're where everyone is on the same perspective or whatever you can have, you can use that approach and just be like, I, I'm just going to, I'm just going to love everybody. I just want to support everyone. I'm just going to be like, that's my, that's my thing for everyone. It doesn't right. need to necessarily change. Uh, if, if it's um, something that puts in your head to, to try and juggle that way. Um, here's an exercise I've done a few times and it sounds easy when I explain it, but it's very hard for people who have tried, who have a, trouble playing a vulnerable character or just showing emotion, right? It, it's, it's exactly almost exactly what you were talking about having a, a new emotion or just the same emotion for every character, but oh, at yeah. different degrees. And you have to show that, you know, so you can do it a different bunch of ways. Like you can put uh, uh, numbers one through 10 in a hat, um, have the, per, you know, have whoever, is coming in, pick a number, give it to you. So you, that's, that's the degree of, you know, if you want to do one emotion, that's the, the emotion, you, you, that's the relationship. That's what you got to project towards that person, no matter what's going on the entire time, it's never going to change. Mm-hmm. So that, that's how you start. And then, then you can start doing like, all right, half these people you love, half these people you hate and all at different emotions. Like, but at yeah. what level? And then you yeah. have to keep it there. Uh, and then you have to, and then you can go to have a different emotion for everybody, have a different relationship. Um, then from there, have a different relationship, but you have a want that can be manipulated. So it could be something easy. I'm a child. Uh, I, I hate everybody, but I want candy. First person that brings me a piece of candy, I love. So then you have to show that switch. And yeah, it gets hard. It gets hard because people have a hard time showing that. Uh, even if even when they're playing a fake character who hates loves is angry with uh, a ki- another character that doesn't exist like it's not real we're all we're just yeah. pretending yeah I, I love that though I, I love doing the like degrees I there's there, those kind of exercises are, are, are really great um you know I used to I used to really hate them to be honest <laughs> I agree <laughs> doing like the family dinner scenes right. or whatever where it's like uh everybody's this is like the status and then we're, we're gonna switch but it, it really is like i guess 
maybe I just got uh, bored with that that particular dynamic. Um, but like, you could do it. Another simple way to do it is like in a in a car doing like a road trip kind of thing. Um, yeah. Or like, you just I think simplifying the location and, and making it um, something conventional and familiar is is really useful. Uh, so you can just focus on um, the those like emotion and relationship dynamics and whatnot. Um, that is helpful, but like, uh, yeah, I, I suppose I just like to mix up what the location is. But anyway, anyway <laughs> I, yeah, I think that that exercise is really great and playing with, uh, go, yeah, starting simple and then going between, uh, okay, let's add in a few different um, feelings directed to people and then definitely playing around with like the degrees because it doesn't have to shift uh, so radically between like, uh, oh, I'm really happy about this person and then I hate this person, you know, it right. can be, um, it can be then more you get, like, interesting. Um, relationships because oh, oh what if one person picks uh starts pretending or picks a character as the boss character and you know the the usual thing would be oh the work the boss uh but what if you absolutely love the boss this is the best mm -hmm. boss ever you know and it might not be reciprocal but it's it's a thing <laughs> and then the next person comes in and it's your mom and and you hate her and it's it's a really like it's what made this character, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. Why is this person walking around? That's kind of that's kind of creepy. Uh <laughs> yeah. Uh quick quick hello to Pete. Hey, hey Pete. Pete. Loves our mugs. Yes, he does. Oh, you got the uh the Go Comedy mug. Yeah, that's great. Uh, this is a specifically the Go Comedy Run for Laughs happening this May. Oh, oh, it's going again? Yeah, yes. Awesome. They just started working on it. Um we can talk more about this at the end. Yeah, yeah commercial yeah. break. <laughs> commercial, yeah. It's you know what? As as a group, everybody's running together in virtually. Uh <laughs> yeah. yeah, do do a see an exercise with group dynamics where you yeah. uh, are running a marathon. <laughs> um no, that's great though. Uh, and then, yeah, hi, hi, hey Pete, uh, thank you for complimenting the mugs. Uh, it really is a point of pride for us here on the Improv Network podcast. Mm -hmm. I don't get enough love for this uh, Marauders Map um, mug, and uh, it is Julia's, yes, but I think that it is the coolest. Uh, I have no competing mugs of my own. Oh man, Just being <laughs> um, so here, here's with the with the group scenes. Um, do you have any other exercises? I, I, I really like, you know, uh, just kind of talking about the general stuff that happens on stage, but also like how to exercise this stuff is like, is, is super important. And I, I really like that uh, exercise you uh, were talking about. I'm trying to think of some others that I would use. Um, we, we talked a little bit about split screening and, um, you know. Yeah, uh, a really good one. I think we talked about this one before is we start a scene and at some point I'll stop the scene and I go to each person and Hey, just break down your character. Okay, like, and we'll just do like, Oh, what's the things I can see from the other character's point of view. Oh, I'm, I, you know, I'm a 40 year old auto worker wearing a, a gray hoodie. Cool. Um, what do you, you know, what have we learned so far about this character? Oh, uh, he wants to go to lunch. Cool. Uh, why does he want to go to lunch? He's hungry. Why? Because he's been building cars all day. Okay. All right. All right. So it, it's, you know, so he's starving because he's exhausted. 
And he probably wants some comfort food, right? Right. Okay. So uh, at the end of every sentence you say, it's because I want comfort food. You know, because all I want is comfort food. And even if it doesn't make sense. It, and it kind of grounds that character. We ground that character. And I just go to every character and we ground them. And then we kind of find, you know, after uh, it's been my, my um, experience after we do this and we start the scene again, it kind of grounds itself because every everybody's want is clear uh, and they don't add extra wants and no one really can shake the want that the person has. So everybody's kind of has to meet each other halfway. Cool. Yeah. How about you? Great. You got anything for the, for the folks at home to, to work on the exercise with? I don't know why I said it that way. <laughs> you got anything for the, the kids? Like, any exercises for the, the youngins? Huh? Yeah, I, I'm trying to think of any. Of, to be honest, I'm trying to think of stuff that like could be translatable to um, virtual rehearsals, mm -hmm. um, because like uh, one one that I really like is just having uh, everyone in the group is in the scene, and um, you do a series of scenes like that where you just rearrange yourself uh, on stage, be doing something in a in a location, and figure that out together. But then only like two or three people are going to be speaking in the scene or in focus. And then, so th that's a nice way to get comfortable with the idea of just playing background or not feeling the pressure to um, mitigate, you know, seven characters and personalities and relationships just because there's seven people on stage. You can kind of just keep it, uh, you know, um, still focused and, and simple, uh, but have the world on stage but that's that is a lot of staging stuff uh that, that applies to the physical space right. um yeah i'm trying to think of, of something else that's like well something i do uh i usually if if it, not much of an exercise well yeah i guess i guess it's an exercise um just have them run a bunch of multi-person scenes with what i call a small town rule like you already know everything about each other. You know each other. It's a small town. You, you, if you're older, you're aware when this person was born, and you know every bit of trouble this person's ever gotten into since they were a kid. Uh, so, with that being said, uh, you know this person, so you don't have to ask or any. So you don't have to ask any questions. So that's mm -hmm. the other thing I like to try to eliminate. Like, let's try not to ask any what I call fluff questions, like. Oh, where are you going? Where you know? Yeah, where do you work at? Who are you? What's your name? Like all that kind of stuff. You already know, so we can just discover what the meat of the scene is. Yeah, the, I, I I love those exercises too. Are, are so useful doing doing stuff like that. Assumed history with people, and also um, acting as if it's scripted. Uh, really yeah. great ways to like commit to the reality of a scene. Um. Maybe also another thing that I'll throw out there is like sort of similar to the, the first exercise you described is just being um, in a group scene and then pick one person, that one character that you want to impress and one character that gets under your skin. Uh, and oh. I think that like phrasing it that way is a little bit, as opposed to be like one character you love, one character you hate is a little bit more like um, maybe nuanced uh, or like, it's it's more subtle, I guess. Where like, if you want to impress somebody, you, you don't necessarily lay it on that thick. And if somebody gets under your skin, you might you, you, your body language changes, but you're not like gonna just yell at them or you know, right? Uh, 
start a shouting match. Uh, it's more subtle. So, so I, and I like that. And I think that like, you know, that can be something that you can do in a um, virtual setting or rehearsal too. Um, whether you're, you know, using the pretense of like a zoom call or a conference call, uh, or if you're doing, um, you know, other realities in a scene for virtual, um, yeah, just anytime it's just shifting how you feel. And then, you know, cause again, you don't have to like, I'm just keep coming back to this idea of like, you can keep it simpler as long as you have a couple things, uh, maybe some, maybe you feel a little neutral toward everyone else, uh, or maybe organically other types of feelings and relationships evolve, but you don't have to put yourself to the task of every single person, you know, in right. order to, in order to make it, in order to do something useful to the scene, you, you don't necessarily have to do a hundred percent of that work. Uh, even though yeah. if you can, great. It's yeah. It, it would be awesome if you could. Uh, but yeah. Sometimes there's so many characters and people playing multiple characters, that's hard to keep. It's kind of like trying to remember names. If you can remember the names of every character, that's that's pretty badass. I, I'm not that guy. I try. Yeah. And yeah. um, but it but as a defense mechanism, I make sure I, I establish a character, you know, or a relationship with that character. That way, if I use terms of endearment or something, it, it comes off more natural. Mm, yeah, you know. Um yeah, yeah. Uh, let me ask you this. So we're, we've been talking about relationships with multiple people, and then you, you have your character want. Uh, a common question that comes up during these conversations with the students is, when do I give up my want? When can I? Because you don't, you want to honor your character that you created. Mm -hmm. So what advice would you give someone who, like, okay, we don't want to have a negotiation going on. We don't want to have mm -hmm. that kind of scene because you're, then you're not moving forward. It's just, you know, it's not going anywhere. It's just back and forth. Um, what kind of advice yeah. would you give her? Yeah, I guess a, I guess a couple things. One, in, in a in a sort of practical sense, um, it depends on the length of the scene. If you're doing a montage with a bunch of scenes, you can do it pretty early or like toward when you think the scene is over. If you, if you're doing a longer scene, um, you know, you might do it. You might transform or like drop your want or change how you feel about something yeah. toward the end or if you do it early then you leave room to like come back and have like a, a beginning middle and end of like uh i wanted this in the beginning and now i i don't and then look for an opportunity to regain that initial want um yeah. but i, I think in a, in a more uh general sense i i would say um it matters less when you do it uh than it does how and i think that the main thing that's, that's missing yeah. when for people if they're struggling with that is is that like just just give it a due time in the moment that you change you have to like act through that moment and be like i really want this and then it's like well you're not going to get it <laughs> then to be like you know that's all i wanted and if but if if it's not going to happen then I, I then fine yeah like we can go to the mall whatever you know like just yeah. give it give it a, a big breath or beat uh to like feel the change and act out the change, you know, that's that, that I think to me is the, is the biggest factor in making that happen. Absolutely agree. And that go, it comes with having a, a strong relationship because yeah, one of my favorite go-tos is that, that line that you hear so often in writing is uh, 
I normally wouldn't do this, but because, and then just fill in the blank. I normally wouldn't. Okay, yeah, that's I great. normally wouldn't do this, but because you're my favorite niece, I guess this one time I'll I'll go see a K-pop band. Uh, you know. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah that, and that's that's great too. We could, because it it can um sort of diffuse something that you might not need to hang on to that much and or right. act that much. It can't be. You know, if it doesn't feel like the most like severe want, you know, that, that was like, right. you know, if, if you're not playing a character who's like uh super, you know, uh, like a sheltered, um, pious religious person and you're standing outside of a nightclub, like maybe uh, that's, that's like a big deal. But if it's just like, can the kid have candy? <laughs> like, you know, you could just kind of subtly be like, uh, oh, well, normally I wouldn't, but because you're my favorite. Yeah. That's, that's a really great, uh, way to sort of give yourself a justification, but also um, for smaller matters. <laughs> see, yeah, see, see, a K-pop band is always a good idea. Uh, Josh Nichols chimed in yeah. to point that out. Hi, Josh. Uh, happy to see uh, you. I totally there. agree, Josh, and thank you for your comment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so that I, I, I think that that's that's great. Um, I so giving up wants though that that, that is yeah. that is a tough uh thing and I, I think that um do you, are there ever circumstances where you just like hold true to it the whole time and and just like because it feels right or should you always be willing to to let that transformation happen or drop your want uh if it's serving the scene if it's serving mm -hmm. the scene if it if it's and because to me if you if you <sighs> If you created something and you spent a lot of a, lot, a majority of the scene creating this thing, and it's true because you said it out loud, you created this world, you created this character. Uh, if if you want to change something, you need your scene partner's help. You know, we're we're creating by committee, right? So if my scene partner hasn't gave me a big enough gift for me to to change, it, it's kind of you know, and I can't figure out for myself like why would this person all of a sudden with no prompting uh or no environmental prompting or emotional or relationship prompting um why would i drop this if i'm a kid who wants candy have you ever tried to to talk a kid to, out of you know wanting candy when they want candy it's it's not easy and it shouldn't be if, if it's your want it's a want for a reason mm -hmm. so i think it's 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 part your responsibility to look for the gifts, but it's also partly your your scene partner's responsibility to give you a, a, a strong enough gift for you to switch. Because I don't like it when someone just drops everything they created all willing. To me, it's the same thing as dropping an accent. I, I just, yeah. it's like, well, now I don't trust you anymore. You broke your trust to your audience and that's not cool. Yeah, that's why, that's why I really like the difference between, between those two kind of like, having this this uh transformative acting moment versus like just being right. like normally i wouldn't Be yeah. because because yeah i don't i don't like when people just drop it and, and and like it it potentially could be too cavalier to be like well normally i wouldn't but uh since since we're on vacation you know right uh it could be too cavalier but what you have to decide is like how big of a deal is it like just right you don't have to necessarily uh have a whole backstory of your want locked and loaded but just in that moment be like big deal or not such a big deal 
<laughs> if, it's and, not such a, if it's not such a big deal, then uh -huh. normally I wouldn't. But if it is a big deal, then either hang on to it or uh, act the change. It's kind of kind of up to uh, the the other performers in the scene or or characters in the scene to yeah to give you that gift or to give you or give you an option that's more fun to play. You know, like yeah. why would I put down my my Super NES controller to go play? Uh, jacks that sounds boring to me. These jacks mm. explode now. I'm all in, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool, and that, that's great too. Is, is just giving people a reason because you can get stuck in that negotiation trap or, or vicious cycle if, if, uh, if you're not if you're not heightening, if you're not exploring, like, well, what, what else motivates or incentivizes this person to, to, to make a new choice or, or to. Uh, drop their want. They think they like explosions. <laughs> These are exploding jacks. Mm -hmm. um, I, which kind of also reminds me, a nice um, tip or thing to do in a group scene is to uh, try, try to gift at least one other person with something because it, it is also uh, th this would help relationships that and that assumed history that you were talking about with, with everybody in the right. scene. Um, and it also takes the uh, workload. It, it shares the workload of like, okay, well now I got to figure out what my deal is and what five other people's deal is. You can kind of like do things for each other to be like uh, to gift one other person to say like, uh, uh, yeah, well, ever since they, you know, they made you a um, shift leader at the Dairy Queen, you've just been all high and mighty, you know, like, and, mm -hmm then you have a little piece of, you gave someone else right. a little gift of information. And uh, if you, if everyone does that for one other person and you kind of like check everyone off the list that, like that, um, that's can really, really make things interesting, connected and easier. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then your world, world building, you know, again, created by committee, world building, uh, the, the fun stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. What else? Uh, anything else that, that uh, we should cover with group scenes, um, special dynamics, like the split scene stuff before we're done here? Ooh, uh, no, I think, uh, I think we covered it, man. I think. We... Yeah. I guess the only thing that I'll, that I'll point out is that like, we're specifically talking about group scenes with, um, you know, characters and, uh, and whatnot. We, we talked what our first episode was about group games and right. uh, part of that conversation was that some some uh, circles or community improv communities synonymous. Uh, the, the the terms group scene and group game are sort of interchangeable, uh, whereas Bob and I draw the distinction between like uh, you can have a, a group game that is sort of abstract and uh, not really about like people characters or whatever. Um, and uh, so, so since we did that that episode, if you want to check yeah. out that first episode at the very beginning of, of the uh, Improv FAQ at length uh, series when it was under that name, right. um, there's more conversation about uh, other types of group games um, in a show that aren't necessarily scenic. Uh, yeah, and then, and then we had, I believe we had it one where it's just like uh, three three character scenes. Uh, oh, uh, discover... an, an episode about that? Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I where like we two, discovered our difference between... Uh, me thinking, <laughs> my belief that if it's two versus one, 
and one of these two come over here, uh, then it's still two verse one. And I believe and you... that there's a special dynamic called tug of war, which is different than two verse one. So <laughs> if uh, if that sounds like a fun debate to you, then please check out the uh, <laughs> yeah, let's keep that the debate rolling. Episode. I'm gonna get a mug with that on there. There we go. <laughs> yeah, uh, and also let us know what you think. Uh, yeah. You know, jokes aside, we would love to hear um, where you fall on in that argument, uh, or uh, if you have a different perspective on how group scenes shake down, um, or how the to exercises. How to, yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. Stuff like that. We'd love to hear about it in the comments. Um, you can also email me or Bob at James or Bob at theimprovnetwork.org and uh, suggest topics and questions um, as well as guests and uh, anything you want to send our way, we'd be happy to hear about and uh, keep the community conversation going. So um, is, is, that, is that everything? That's everything. Sweet. Yeah. Then thanks so much for joining. Um, uh, one more shout out to Josh here. Uh, hey, Josh, thanks for tuning in and I hope you're well as, as well. Um, and uh, to Pete and to Chris, thanks for tuning in. Yes. We will catch you next time on the Improv Network podcast. Hi, Chris. I'll never get a hi from Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>